Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. For the younger listeners here this morning, I have three things for you to listen for. The first, what is a seashell a symbol for? The second, why did Jesus want John to baptize him? And third, who takes vows when someone is baptized? So three things to be listening for. Well, my baptism story goes something like this. I was born in mid-October, and my parents arranged to have me baptized on the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend. The thought was that if it was a holiday weekend, then my, pa- my mother's family could travel from Farmersville, Ohio. I'm sure you all know it well outside of Dayton, uh, to upstate New York, to Rochester, to meet me for the first time, to share Thanksgiving dinner, and to be present for my baptism. Plans were made, and my father, who had recently given up smoking, poured himself into menu planning and house cleaning. I'm sure he had the table set days before the family arrived. Then came word that the church was rescheduling, and I would not be baptized that weekend. My father found a hidden pack of cigarettes, went out of the porch, and said to my mother, don't even try to stop me. (laughs) Well, I've heard that story many times, but it was only in the past few years that it dawned on me, I don't get baptized in that story. So when I asked my father what happened when I was actually baptized, he said that it happened on his birthday at the end of January, and it was so beautiful that he cried. I'm not sure if anyone traveled to see this occasion, and we don't seem to have pictures from the service itself, so that's the whole story that I've got to go on. The first story, the one with the in-laws and Thanksgiving and forbidden cigarettes, is way more entertaining than the follow-up one, which is pretty normal and predictable. Many of you know that I served as a hospital chaplain for several years, and I worked mainly on labor and delivery and the neonatal intensive care unit. As you might imagine, I was involved in many baptisms there. While each baptism tells its own story and conjures its own memory in my mind, I'd like to tell you about one of them today. You may have heard me tell this story before. It's a favorite of mine, and I think it bears repeating. And I'll give you the heads up that you may want to locate some tissues now. It was my birthday. And I got a frantic call from labor and delivery. Lindsay, we've got a mom up here who just gave birth very prematurely. She'd like you to come baptize him. Hurry. I grabbed my prayer book, and I raced to the elevator. When I walked in the room, I found a woman lying in the bed with the blankets scattered around. She was facing toward a window tightly covered by blinds. She was not watching the nurse, who was cleaning her newly born child, wiping him ever so gently, touching him with the greatest of care. The television was on, and when the mother wasn't looking at the blinds, she was staring blankly at the muted screen in a daze. I approached the nurse who told me that the mother had made it clear that she was a Christian and wanted her child to be baptized, but she hadn't been able to look at the baby yet. I walked over to the mother, and I introduced myself. She turned from her days to look at me and say clearly that she wanted him baptized. She wanted God to be present in his life. And then she turned away again. I sat by her for a few minutes, trying to make a connection, 
I rested my hand on her shoulder as she teared up. And then, as if regaining her senses, took a deep breath, braced herself, and looked back at the television. I walked over to watch the nurse, and I began to explain to the mother what was happening. The nurse has finished cleaning him up and is putting a diaper on him. He's beautiful. A few moments later, there is a group that knits hats and blankets for newborn babies in the hospital. Your nurse found one that is the perfect size. She's putting a hat on him and a matching blanket. They're light green with white stripes. At this, the mother glanced over momentarily. We showed her the blanket. She nodded, and then she looked away again. I brought a seashell with me. I said, "Seashells are symbols of baptism. I'm going to put some water into it for the baptism, and then I'm going to leave it with you to take home." She glanced over again. This time, just a second longer. I filled the seashell with a few drops of water and asked if she would hold it. She agreed. Do you have a name picked out for your son? I asked. No, she said. I didn't have time. The nurse finished wrapping the baby in the blanket and then handed him to me. I know you don't feel ready to hold your son yet, I said. But would it be okay if I held him and sat next to you? Yes. I walked over to the bed and sat down in the chair next to her. She held the shell as I picked up my prayer book and began to pray over the water. She watched the shell, but I saw her glance now and then toward her son. I put the book down and instead of turning to the mother and saying like I just did, "What is the name of this child?" I looked at this mother and then at the baby, and I said, "Beautiful boy, whose name God knows by heart." I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, beloved child. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as God's own forever. When I looked up, I noticed the mom's eyes were riveted on her child. I put my hand on hers and said a prayer. And when I was done, I asked if she wanted to hold her son. She nodded. And so I took the shell from her hand and I placed her son in her arms. She held him for a few minutes and then began asking, "Can I see his hands? Can I see his feet?" And then she proceeded to examine each and every inch of her beloved son. We each have a story. It may be heart wrenching or it may feel mundane. But it is unique, and it is yours, and God is present in it. The scripture lesson today gives us a glimpse into Jesus's story. You might remember that the Gospel of Matthew begins with this long genealogy, moves quickly to his birth, the visit of the wise men, the family's escape into Egypt, and then their move to Nazareth. And then Matthew jumps quickly to introduce us to John the Baptist and launches us thirty years later. Into today's text, Jesus comes to the Jordan so that John might baptize him. John seems startled and confused by this. Are you sure? He says, "Shouldn't I be baptized by you?" But Jesus replies that in order for them both, both of them, Jesus and John, to do God's will or to fulfill all righteousness, John must baptize Jesus. 
after Jesus is baptized, the heavens open up and the Spirit of God descends upon him. And it is in this moment that he is named, claimed, and anointed for the journey and the work that lies ahead. This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. In our baptisms, we too are named, claimed, and anointed. Baptism invites us into a moment of transformation, which is initiated by God's love, grace, and presence. Baptism also invites us to respond to God's grace in our lives. This act ushers us from whom we have been into who we are called to be, and with that, what we are called to do. Baptism has this potential, whether we are the one being baptized or if we're part of the community that's witnessing the baptism and being asked to recall our own. The mother in the story that I shared needed God's grace in that moment of her son's baptism to be able to turn toward God and toward her son. She needed the community, which in that case was the nurse and myself, to speak and enact God's grace in the room and to proclaim that even in this darkness, God is present. That even when she didn't know if she could love her son, God could, and God did. Her son, whose short life was not what she expected, her son, who didn't even have a name in this world, her son was named, claimed, and anointed Her son was marked as God's own forever. We each have a story. It may be heart-wrenching or it may feel mundane, but it is unique and it is yours. And God is present in it. And not only God, but an entire community of people who took vows on your behalf. Promises to love you and to help you to learn the story of Jesus and become his faithful follower That's a very important practice in the Presbyterian Church, that the entire gather community takes vows like you all did today. And as Presbyterians, we understand these vows are in some way transportable, for lack of a better word. So if you're baptized at Fairmount but moved to, like, Anchorage, and you started going to a church there, that church takes you on and takes over those baptismal vows. And if you move from Anchorage to Cleveland... We will take on those vows on behalf of the community that you came from. And we do that whether or not we were there, whether or not we remember it, because that is what we do as community. We make those vows to one another. So this morning I shared with you the particulars of my baptism story, and yet the full story includes the particulars of the baptisms of many others. I take seriously my vow to each of the children and adults who stand here in this place by this font, and not just because it's my job. I take it seriously because I was nurtured by a community and because my participation in the baptism of the boy who had no name has changed me and my faith journey. And because all of you who I'm called to serve have taught me so much about love and hospitality, trust, and Jesus himself. So it is my commitment to be a part of a community, of that community for others, for each and every one of you. Together, we seek the will of God, see the moving of the Spirit, and live in God's kingdom here and now. This theological understanding that has been ingrained in me since my own baptism, that God's love is for 
all, and that Jesus calls us to care for and serve all, extends beyond the Presbyterian font. This understanding is what undergirds how I view my place in my neighborhood, my city, the nation, and the world. I can't just care about my kids. I need to care about my neighbor's kids. And I need to care about the kids in East Cleveland and the kids in Beechwood and the kids in Honduras. I can't just care about my safety. I need to care about the safety of the people of our borders and in refugee camps in Sudan. I can't just vote for policies or politicians that support my way of living. I need to vote based on what I think will benefit the whole. Because in my baptism, God has called me beloved and sent me into the world to share that love with others. And God calls everyone else beloved too. Friends, we each have a story. It may be heart-wrenching or it may feel mundane, but it is unique and it is yours. And God is present in it. May you remember your baptism and be thankful. May you believe that you are God's beloved and seek to live your life grounded in that identity. And may we all understand that our place in God's story is not just about us as individuals, but it is also about us in community with one another, seeking to become faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Alleluia and amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.